0: Welcome to the New Jachuan Podcast. My name is Isaac Kamens. This is a bi-weekly podcast from my friend Jess O'Brien and I discuss internal martial arts, qigong, and meditation. Uh, this week we finish our discussion on the founder of Yang Style Tai Chi, Yang Luchan, uh, looking at Chen Wei Ming's book uh, translated by Barbara Davis. Then we continue with the Tai Chi classics and we look at the phrase, the root lies in the feet, originates in the legs, dominated by the waist and manifested in the hands. Uh, and in this week's Patreon episode, we discuss uh, another chunk of Lu Dongbin's uh, poem from Baiwa's book. Uh, This one is about subduing the heart mind, so we get into a little bit of a discussion about what the heart mind is and uh, how it's used in internal martial arts and negong. So, hope you enjoy the episode, Uh, thanks for listening, and take care of yourselves.
1: Welcome to the Nei Jetron Podcast with Isaac and Jess. We're continuing our discussion of yang-style tai chi. And the founder of of the of the system, Yang Lu Chan. So there's a lot of interesting little bits and pieces about Master Yang scattered scattered around here and there. I was going to pull a little something from Taiji Sword and other writings by Chen Wei Ming, translated by Barbara Davis from the year 2000. Um, So here, Chen Wei Ming has some biographical information about the Yang family. Um, so he tells the story of yang luchan like this at one time yang luchan practiced outer boxing waijia. after this he heard of chen chen shing who, t- who was skilled in taiji training and lived up in the chen village yang gave up all his possessions to raise money and went went to that city to study with chen chen Sheng. after some years had passed yang occasionally boxed with his elder and younger classmates and he would be defeated immediately one night, he got up to relieve himself and heard a sound beyond the wall. He climbed the wall to see what the strange sound was. He saw his classmates gathered in the courtyard. Master Chen was teaching and showing them how to do things, as well as critical techniques and ideas of boxing. Yang hid outside a window in the wall and spied on him. From that time on, he went there every night. One day, Yang Luchan's older classmates wanted to compete with him. Luchan had no alternative but to allow it. They were not able to beat him, and all were amazed. Chen summoned Chan and said, I've observed you for some years. You are honest and patient. I will teach you its meaning. So uh, that so Yang has to go through some tests and uh, prove his resilience and his commitment. But eventually, Master Chen says, this child is teachable. Then Chen tr- transmitted the teachings to Yang Luchan and ordered him to go back and practice. Later, when his classmates or others competed with him, there were none who could beat him. Chen Chen Xing summoned the other disciples and said, i've given my gong fu to all of you yet none of you have attained it i have not given my gong fu to lu chan yet he has already attained it Yang lu chan completed his studies and returned to his home his assets exhausted somebody recommended him to a certain wealthy family in the in the capital um so he went and uh took over as the bodyguard uh you know martial arts teacher for that guy um Yang Luchan succeeded in getting students in the capital thus who studied those who studied Chen in the capital were all disciples of the Yang lineage and so that's how he gets to uh gets to the capital
0: uh that's the more like common story i think that you know i've heard he doesn't exactly steal it but he wasn't given it and he gets to a higher level than the people who were given it and that thus raises him above them to a certain degree and he's able to get you know the official teachings if you will Mm -hmm. um and then fast forward and then he's uh teaching in the palace right this one just goes pretty quick (laughs) yada yada yada. and and last time we were hearing about how
1: his student uh wu wu yuxiang was from a literate family, uh, a scholarly family. And so right. he he might
0: have been the one who got so Yang that, Luchan
1: the connections in the. In that the
0: version filled in that pipeline right. uh, with this other guy's story. So that makes, you know, it's as good as anything.
1: So Chen Weiming Ming doesn't have anything else about the life of Yang Luchan until he talks about one story he gives from one of the students, uh, my, Fu. Student Fu says, my grandteacher, Yang Lu Chan was happy with my diligence and prudence. I used to attend to him and refill his tobacco pipe. Yang Chan was 80 years old and had practiced Gong Fu without rest. He occasionally came to my house to sit and have a chat. One rainy day, the streets were filled with mud. Grandteacher Yang unexpectedly arrived. The white undersides of his shoes were clean and white as new, without a spot of dirt. That is the Gong Fu of treading on snow without a trace. With the adil- agility of Taiji, one can lift the whole body. If practiced to the utmost, one will truly be able to travel by soaring through the air. The teacher's son, Yang Ban-ho, had this gong-fu and knew its ultimate mysteries. I once saw this close-up.
0: So So, this is that lightness skill that uh that I've always referred to. Legendary.
1: And in the classics, talk about that that lightness that Tai Chi is trying to achieve, the softness and and lightness where you're rising above the ground a little bit. So, hey, maybe he could uh, (laughs) float above the mud. And okay, so the same guy Fu has one final story, the death of Grandmaster Yang Luchan. Grandmaster summoned his disciples by letter to come to the house on a certain day. He told us he was going to go traveling, and he had some things to tell us. When the time arrived, we all came, but there was no carriage in front of the door. We thought this was rather strange. On that day, the master sat in the hall. We disciples finished paying our respects to him. Each filled the master's pipe with tobacco and then stood respectfully at his side. Teacher called each of us up and encouraged us with a few words, imparting the major ideas of Taiji Chen. After a while, Grandmaster suddenly flicked his sleeve, sat up straight, and passed away. So, that's that's kind of the end of what uh, Chen Wei Ming has to say.
0: Yeah, well, this that's that's sort of another common, uh, at least in the internal martial arts, with where the guy is sort of, you know, has it till his last moment, and then it's over you know there's no there's no downfall there's just you got it you're done yeah and, and that's the seemingly the highest level of you know attain of, of a you know to achieve in your practice is to get to the point where uh when you die it's just a clean you know it's a clean break right you just and it's over
1: so here's something from the taiji chung classics by barbara davis um, She says. Um The Taiji Chuan classics transcend time, place, and lineage and capture the essence of Taiji Chuan. They are practical, inspirational, theoretical, and in turn are given status and legitimacy by Taiji Chuan practitioners. They have always been held in high esteem, whether as a private, hand-copied, lineage-held document or as a publicly available printed book. Thus, they can be considered true classics. But classics of all sorts uh, invariably present controversy in regards to origins, content, authorship, and authenticity. Who really wrote wrote these works um so she compares the shakespeare of the bible like really where do they come from um like we said last time she she identifies wu yuxiang the student of yang Luchan, chan the one who found it and bought it in the south salt, salt shop um but why was it found there you know what's the story behind that what is it doing there how could how could there be no trace of the classics in or near chen family village or even in zaobo uh you know why? Why did it pop up here? And furthermore, she she studied the Wu family and found out that you know they weren't actually there at that time. And um, she finds all kinds of in 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 uh, inaccurate things, including the fact that the teacher at Chen Village had already died by the time he made that journey. Mm. Um, so
0: <laughs> well yeah. she
1: theorizes that the story has handed down combined several different events um including the fact that uh you know wu's brother was had been assigned to interrogate taiping rebels near the chen village at that time Hmm. um so maybe that's where he was going uh you know there's there's a few different areas she goes through here but uh and and then she asks, where is yang lu chan and all these stories the man who brought taiji to the wu family and who later popularized taiji chan in beijing uh, Yang plays a negligible role in relation to the classics. Indeed, there's little mention of him at all in the Wu family literature. Um, whereas the Yang li- lineage literature does not mention the salt shop discovery of the classics or any datable information regarding the classics. So you know she's again just bringing up the questions that come up. Well, so, think one thing that she wants she makes a point here. Okay, that I think this could be useful to our discussion. It says. She says, the title Tai Chi Classics was apparently first applied to the classics in the early 1900s. In recent years, the Tai Jiu-Chun Classics has come to serve as a generic title for any group of early poems and essays associated with Tai Chi. In terms of the contents, the uh, the sort of that Wu family and the Yang version of the classics <laughs> overlap somewhat. At a minimum, most editions of the classics contain the deeply philosophical essay Tai Chi Treatise, the multi-stanza poem, 13 Postures Song, the ditty known as Playing Hands Song, and various permutations of an essay attributed to Wu Yuxiang or potentially Zhang Sanfang the uh, the classic.
0: Well, I think what she says about it being, you, you know, it used to be this and now it means, you know, it used to be a very specific thing and now it's sort of a general term, right? So, you know, the oldest text, you know at least supposedly goes back you know to the 1200s or something like that so it could have been that that was the original poem that somebody wrote about the ideas of tai chi as a fighting art you know maybe that didn't have an actual form and then later when people had forms they then took this and made commentaries on it but you know who knows everybody's got their own version basically and when you're giving an oral tradition, you don't have to cite your sources, right? It's just your version of it, right? So the, you know, the Yang family had their version. I'm sure the neighboring villages had their version of it. You know, everybody had their um, origin myth, right? The, the, the You know, they... they you have to have a story behind what you do and the better the story it is, the more exciting people, more excited people are to do your thing. So it's, you know, it's just kind of like, uh, they were good at marketing even back then, (laughs) you know, it's just like, right. Well, again, (laughs) you can, you can get into it from an academic point and look at, well, the actual text of the thing you know, and you can analyze all of the different. Right. Where it comes from. Tactics.
1: Who thought of it first.
0: But I can tell you that doesn't help you get better at Tai Chi. You know, my, it's an interesting discussion. To right. Have once you can do Tai Chi. But the stuff in the Tai Chi classics that's actually um, practical and pragmatic for daily practice is the stuff that I think has been sort of you know, over the years, people kind of filter out and those become the phrases that, you know, are associated with the practice. Like the four ounces of defeats 10,000 pounds is the most famous, right? The, just the idea that yin defeats yang. Right? Yep. That's the whole principle. Yep. Of Every one I of choose. these
1: quotes just coming right? back to that again and again. So
0: you're just kind of going into this thing of, all right, well, we've got, you know, this idea and we want to kind of form a literary tradition around our practice and boy did they ever yeah it's not my thing but you know (laughs) you know if you're lucky you never need to open a book because you can just ask your teacher and they'll explain the principle to you and you don't need to memorize some dumb phrase and you know it's like they'll do it on
1: you and that way you'll yeah i mean it's (laughs) like
0: what's more important to you to, to memorize a you know a poem about being soft or to actually be soft, you know? And, and yeah. it's sort of like, you know, I mean, uh, Bruce would always say, you uh, know, uh, reading about a steak or looking at a picture of a steak is not the same thing as eating a steak, right? That's for sure. That, that And that's essentially what all of these, you know, the Tai Chi classics, Lao Tzu, that, that's the point they're all getting at is, you know, it's about the experience of doing the thing, not the, um, the words that are associated with it, right? And then at the same time, you have a bunch of words that are associated with it. But Man, the, that's kind the, of what we're doing The words are meant, <laughs> but the words are meant to be a a a guide, not a teacher. So, taking it to the next uh, part. So here's uh, here's the quote from
1: the classics, and then then uh, Baihua will give his thoughts on the matter. From the feet to the legs to the waist, it must be completed in one chi. Whether the action is forward or backwards, you may gain the opportunities and advantages. So again, the obsession with feet and legs and waist sounds like a a recurring one here in Tai Chi.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the phrase that Bruce Bruce uses for that is from posture to posture, the internal chi is unbroken. You have this internal... Gee, this intrinsic energy was the first uh, way I ever read it in English. And it was just that, you know, you have this life force, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, that's what you're, what you're working with, you know, this is this intrinsic force. So it has to work in a connected fashion, no matter where you go. Right. So, if you go backwards or forwards or to the side or up and down, there's always this sense of it being connected to the, the middle. Being and, grounded. You know, to being stable. That's, our, yeah, that's good advice. So
1: he re, so Baiwa takes the phrase and sort of re-unpacks it by saying, the body is required to use the gravitation of the earth to move from feet to legs to waist, but it still has to be unified to balance and dominate, which he means, uh, he puts in parentheses, complete one chi so that such activities can get opportunities and advantages so there you go uh he and he breaks it down a little bit more he says you should form a unified chi and use the mechanism of continuous internal connection to the gravitational force of the earth as your main way to get these opportunities and advantages and uh yeah i mean you know there again
0: re- reiterating the key concept of tai chi the, the goal of all internal practices with Taoist internal practices, right? Is the first one is to unify everything into one piece, right? So first you unify your body, then you unify your chi in your body, right? And that's, that's what things like Tai Chi are about is getting those two things to kind of balance, right? It's not that one goes away entirely. It's just, they become balanced. And, <clears throat> this mechanism of con- continuous internal connection, again, that's what I was referring to earlier that there's a there's a constant internal connection when you move, right. The um phrase pulling silk is a, not not silk reeling, not spinning silk, but pulling silk where there's like a thread. the idea being that you have this continuous thread that you're pulling on between your arms and your and your body you're, you're diamed essentially. And that, you know, you, you have to be aware of that connection and you can't lose it you know, in your movement. So if you move your arm too quickly and your body doesn't go with it, there's a disconnect, right? If you move your body too quickly and your arm doesn't move, there's a disconnect. And if you either of those move your body or your arm and, they, and your legs don't move, or you lose your balance, right? So the most important thing in terms of keeping your balance is that when anything happens with your arms or your body or your waist, that your legs are, you know, rooted there, they're underneath the whole thing. You
1: got this uh, connected to the earth's power to take advantage of these heavenly laws of the heavens and the earth. In other words, gravity
0: and mass. Yeah. You're using your, you know, your physical mass and your again, intrinsic energy and you're trying to connect that slash move that with uh the ground that you're standing on and the weight of gravity that's coming down on you yeah, so, so two the entire way from right so the entire practice of tai chi or any internal art essentially is you know, um, maintain structure while moving underneath pressure from a gravitational field, right? And it's like, if you do that, if you maintain this structure and move around in this gravitational field, you start to benefit from the pressure and the two pressures, right? The, the heaven and earth. You start to become a conduit between them, not, a, a you know, an obstacle, right? Mm-hmm. This is the whole idea of why why the phrase, you know, heaven man, earth kind of goes with Tai Chi, because we are the conduit between heaven and earth, right? Yep. We, the the we it flows through us. It's we're not stopping, you know, we're not a, opposing them. It's like it's, right. That's I think this idea that right there has to be this interaction. Right.
1: And he keeps coming back to it. Like in one way you're trapped in between heaven and earth and everything's going wrong. But if you follow the right path or the right connection, then you become this link instead. Like he keeps talking about the proper relationship between the heavens and the earth and the humans and the earth. It's kind of like you've got to get into this flow, Tao, meaning a path or a way, you know, that if you get into that flow, then you're going to take advantage of the heaven and earth. If not, you're going to get caught up in heaven and earth and sort of crushed by the machine kind of, you know? Yeah,
0: there's. I mean, it, it's sort of um, they always use the analogy of a river, right? Yeah. <clears throat> the- mm. Totally. That makes You're sense. Floating down the river. You can just kick back on the raft and hope you have an easy ride. You know, that's kind of just like, don't, pra- don't do any exercise. You know, don't eat well and just hope your genes kind of. Well, are- certain Taoists would probably yeah. follow that belief system. Right. Well, I mean, but that is one way of doing it, right? This is, but this is sort of saying that there is another way of the sort of a, um, if you will, a passive or an active passivity into life, right? That you can, you can be working towards a smoother existence, essentially, right? Rather than you know, don't swim upstream, that's, right. that's the the Western phrase, right? Mm. Go with the flow, you know that sort of thing, right? So totally. you can just let things happen around you and kind of hope that for the best, or you can do things to influence at least your part in what's happening, right? And this is the, the piece about when you're talking about your physical health, you can, you can to some degree influence that, you know, the the, um, the natural progression of, of life to death, right? That, that is, you know, we're only here for a limited time. And this is a method of, uh enhancing if not extending that period of time. I mean, I think the, the the enhancing part is far more important than the extension part, I think. You know, that having a good, you know, 75, 85 years is better than having a you know 110, but you're just miserable for the Gosh, last that's 40. not good. <laughs> you know, that's not great. So you know the quality over quantity discussion comes in there at some point but you know it, they're what they're saying is you you can influence this you know your health right that's
1: the the overall thing is you by following the way of heaven and and seeing the proper patterns in nature you can take advantage of that and he keeps and for the rest of his explanations here are pretty much reiterations of what we already said but I'll I'll just bring it out so people can hear it. Uh, he says, one thing to note, since our feet evolved from the body movement conforming to the gravitational force of the earth, we cannot ignore that Tai Chi has strict requirements on the angles of the ankles in their movement. Um, so, again, that's the idea of your legs connecting to the earth and properly aligning them um, just because that's how well, we live in this gravitational world.
0: That is the first. I mean, it, that's interesting because that's, you know, on one level, that's the first instruction. Mm. You got to make sure your feet and your ankles are lined up, yeah, because everything else is kind of built on that. So you know, sure, it the it, uh, it's the foundation, right? You you you, if your concrete and rebar are not set properly, and you start building on top of it, you know, the whole thing is going to collapse, right? So you got to make sure your foundation is set, and that's your feet, and then that's right. why this emphasis on the legs and the waist is such mm-hmm. a big deal because. Again, it's it's about what is it all sitting on top of, and and where you know because we live in this constant gravitational field that's going down with this certain amount of constant pressure, it's fairly predictable what it's going to do, and you know part of what you're learning in a sense is, um, I mean they talk about the microcosmic orbit a lot in this in this, but in all Tai Chi books. But there are are multiple levels to that thing, right? You know, there's the one that is most commonly referred to is the one that moves at the speed of of gravity, essentially, right? So it's a fairly slow. When it when it hits the density of the human body, it slows down, right? And this is the idea of like why they frequently refer to it as a you know a rock dropping into water because up until that gravity hits your body it's moving fairly quickly right that that pressure is moving unimpeded it will just go right into the ground but because you're there boom, it slows down and it hits your body and it starts to essentially create a wave through your body and so the what we refer to as the microcosmic orbit is essentially taking that thing and flipping it around so that you're moving in synchronicity with that flow going up and down between, you know, gravity and the pressure of the the, the ground pushing back. Right. So it's very, you know, simple in one sense, if you're just talking about gravity and, you know, how, how <clears throat> any mechanism, right, with pieces connected joints right is gonna um work better if those things are lined up right it's like
1: makes sense to me so so he goes further if you don't gain opportunities and advantages it's often because your body's movements are not coordinated the root of the problem must be the legs and the waist the same goes for up and down front and back left and right again reiterating focus on the alignments get your body movements coordinated become one connect the roots and the waist. I mean, and so
0: on and so on. uh, The way Bruce phrased it it was, if there's a problem in the body, look to the waist and the legs Mm. that that any imbalance you have in your upper body, right. In your, especially in terms of left, right stuff or forward back stuff is almost always going to be a result of how things are going into your hips and legs. Right. So, most of the time when people have lower back problems, their hips and legs aren't working that great, right? That a big part of why, you know, things start to go wonky down there is because when the legs and the waist aren't getting their natural kind of workout from moving around under this pressure of gravity, that pressure starts to build in the next place it it hits, right? And so You know, the the reason there's this emphasis, for example, on dropping and sinking in Tai Chi is because what you will start to notice is there are places in your body you can't drop and sink through. Mm. And the more you can kind of pay attention to them, adjust them, you know, do whatever. Resolve them. so So that it becomes more, you know smoother of a flow, then you you start to you know quote unquote get better and this is what it really starts to like you know work towards right so the final discussion of this
1: particular section um talking about getting advantages and opportunities through through linking the chi of the body and uh becoming unified if the above mentioned gaining the opportunities and advantages are not well grasped it is like a person who cannot skate is standing on the ice. His body will not be balanced and will be clumsy and unstable. At this time, you must recheck whether your body conforms to the requirements. Um, So you've got to, uh, you would carefully implement them in every part of the body, as well as the process of moving in every direction. So you kind of implement all the connections. Then you keep those connections as you move left, right, forward, back. And I like the ice skating concept. It's like, if you, if you, if you're standing on the ice, you're quite clumsy and uncoordinated. You've got to do, a, you can't just naturally be good at that. You've got to learn how to move and connect your whole body. And, you know, you've got to do some training to take the most advantage of the connection to the earth. And at that point, right? Like the average person is unstable and clumsy. By doing Tai Chi, you can become light, connected,
0: skilled, grounded, so on. Yeah. I mean, again, this is the idea that if you are integrated, right? Even if there isn't much, friction between you and the ground because that's what he's talking about um you are still connected as one piece so you just kind of slide right you don't lose your structure you can move forward back left right whatever direction and you won't necessarily stop you know what's coming at you but it won't crush you Mm. until something gives you pressure to push off right so there's sort of two parts to it right there's your physical structure and then there's connecting your physical structure to the ground to the outside world interacting all that and and that's and that's where like i won't i won't trash any i won't say what but a lot of practices will make your body strong and integrated to a certain degree but not connected to the ground so Mm. You're able to do certain activities, stretch really far, jump, things like you know, whatever. I'm not again not saying you know, I'm not you know, name names here, but you're not connected to the the ground. I'll use the, the Chen Man Ching, I'll blame it on him. Um, the, the it's attributed to him that you know if, if you go up and you push a Tai Chi person while they're meditating, you fall over. If you push a yoga person, they fall over, right? Mm. <laughs> but the difference is you know we're both connected we're both in our own you know world as a unit one solid piece we're both not going to break as a as a unit but one of us is able to take the pressure that hits us and root it and the other one when that pressure hits just kind of moves right Mm -hmm. it's knocked over right so the idea that, you know, you can, the first level essentially is, you know, you get pushed, you move as one piece. The second level is you get pushed, you don't move, right? Mm. But you have to go through the level of, okay, I get pushed. I don't lose from my head to my toes, to my fingertips, to mm. my tailbone. I don't lose my structure. So again, it's, that's where the, the, the piece about it being, um, Sort of moving in any direction is that that it, it, you can go anywhere and it stays connected. It's not dependent on you sort of pushing in a certain direction. Because if mm-hmm. you think about if you're applying force to something, that's in a direction. It's yeah. Saying you aren't putting force into anything except the ground. You know, the only force you're exerting is against the floor. So Exactly. Easier said than done.
1: Right, yeah. I mean, you could say it's a little repetitive. The classics just keep harping on some pretty key points,
0: but they're pretty good points. Well, I mean, most most things when you you know you, you explain it, right? you start with okay, this is the overall principle, and now you know here's eight hundred things that explain the first principle, right? So, you know, and that, and that's kind of how Tai Chi is in one sense, right? It's like the essence of Tai Chi is in the first movement. Right. You could just do the first movement and get the, the qualitative feeling of what tai chi, tai chi is. You just don't have the apl- the movements for the applications. and things. Right. But, but, you know, the health benefits, the feelings inside your body, you can get all that just, you know, by doing the first move. Exactly. All right. Well, good talking to you. All right, man. Let's keep it up. Yep. Take Bye. care. Hey, folks, hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all your support. Uh, Don't forget to check out the Patreon for the extra episodes and the interviews, etc. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook and things like that. All right, thanks a lot for listening. Take care of yourselves.